We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to FS OG's podcast, back for week 15. And we got an interesting week here. You know, we start Saturday games this week, so we're going to change things up a little bit. We'll get into that when we start our game-by-game breakdowns. But want to bring in my boys here, Head Chopper, Notorious. Guys, let's talk about week 14. How did week 14 treat you, Derek? Let's get started with you. How are we doing, brother? Yeah, week 14 was good. I'm still tilting a little bit of NBA and some late scratches, but uh, we don't need to get into that too much. Can't believe there are only three weeks left. Uh, it kind of makes me sad. Yeah, we're running out of time, no doubt. Those, those late swaps in NBA, come on. We need them. DraftKings, FanDuel, Draymond killed me last night. Chop, hopefully the late swaps didn't get you too bad, but we're here to talk some football. How we doing, brother? Yo, the late swaps are just... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wish they'd bring that back. I'm I'm getting hammered. They say it all break. They say it'll break even though in the end they say it'll all <laughs> even out for you when you catch them. So I'm still waiting on that. I'm about four behind right now. But uh, you know, last week in the NFL, it, it ended up being okay. But I thought I was on my way to a a really big weekend. But boy, I'm gonna pour one out here in a little bit for the guy who just absolutely demolished my good teams. So. I'm ready for the pour one out. So let's get right into it. We always start each podcast with the pour one outs. You know, somebody who, like Chop said, you know, hurt our lineups, uh, maybe got injured. There, there's a lot of reasons we can pour one out for one of our boys. So Chop, let's let's let you get started here. You, you sound like you're ready to pour one out for somebody. Who you got? Man, I put together some good teams this weekend, and and in my cash game, also had a really nice cash game team. And uh, on my way to cashing big in some things, and boy, Sterling Shepard, man, poor mm. one out. He just couldn't get it together. 2.7 DraftKings points. I just, I mean, just I needed something out of him. Double digits at least, man. And so I ended up cashing uh, in the in the cash games just about everything, but the tournaments were done. You can't have a 2.7 on your team and, and cash in tournaments, so – Sterling Shepard, man, I'm pouring one out for him, and that was a, that was a big mistake on my part, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it made sense to go back to him with Eli Manning back in the lineup. It just didn't happen at Giants team. I mean, what what a debacle. So they, they got to be ready to move on to next season. So, Derek, pour one out. Week 14, who you got? Yeah, I had one on each of my lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings. On DraftKings, Larry Fitzgerald, Gabbard just couldn't get in the ball, missed him on a wide-open touchdown, so that was uh, pretty tilting. And then on FanDuel, the Bengals' defense 
man, I was not expecting the Bears to just run through them like that. Yeah, that uh, that was it. And Jordan Howard, chop, kudos to you, man, because you called that one, and Jordan Howard seems to produce in the most unlikely spots. And <laughs> another big game, and that Cincinnati defense, I think, was the most popular defense out there, and they just got curb stomped by the Bears. So plenty of Bengals D here as well. I got a few pouring outs. I'm going to pour one out for Carson Wentz, not because he tore up my lineups, just an awful injury. Hate to see it. And this year, guys, there's been a lot of injuries with big stud players. So tough blow to Philadelphia Eagles fans out there. But I'm going to pour one out for Carson Wentz. And I'm going to have another pour one out here for the Sunday night game on FanDuel, on their main slate, because they told me last week, oh, we're just doing a one-week thing. Now they're telling me, well, user feedback says we don't want this game in the main slate. So, guys, what the hell's going on with this? Real quick, before we move on, what is this a permanent move? I mean, if the sites are going to be the same, what's the point? You know, it's nice to have two different sites. I know, Chop, you only get one option. But, Derek, is this a permanent move for them? What do you think of them removing the, the Sunday night game on FanDuel? I wasn't a fan when DraftKings did it, so I'm obviously not a fan of uh, FanDuel doing it. One less game is just uh, creating a little bit less edge. I don't really know where they're getting their feedback from. It seems like they're just asking you know, people that don't really play a lot that just want to get their, their cash out as soon as they can. So I'm not really sure where they're getting their feedback and if uh, you know we can really trust them in that aspect. But I really hope it's not here to stay, but I'm guessing with only three weeks left, it probably will be. I mean, I'd love to pour one out to get rid of kickers. I mean, let's let's make that happen too. So, Chop, quick thoughts on that. Again, I know you don't get FanDuel down there, but what do you think of them removing that game from the main slate? Well, until you just said it, I didn't I didn't know that they had did that again this week. And I saw last weekend where they removed it, but they sent out a tweet and it said, we're only doing this because of the uh, live final. And yeah, exactly. it, so that's where I would have a problem big time is, you know, you're you're lying to your fan base right there. The people who are are playing your site, you're, you're kind of misleading them right there by saying it was just a one week thing. If you have intentions of, of doing this moving forward and just let everybody know. But yeah, I don't the fee, user feedback. I don't buy that anymore. And the user feedback is just a survey. I think they hand out around the office, and the guys know what how they should be checking the box. So uh, I think that's their user feedback. I don't. I, I would like to have one site at least keep the Sunday night game and 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 have some variety there. But I guess everybody wants to get, condense everything down and throw these primetime slates up there. But it, you know what? If you're if you're if if they're filling up and they're making money, I, I can't blame the sites. You know, it's. We gotta we gotta stop uh, filling those tournaments up if we want to make a change. That's true. You let your voice be heard, and that's how you do it with the wallet. So it's just it's hard not to be transparent. It's only seventeen yeah. weeks. I mean, it's hard to just take a stand. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Just wish the sites would be more transparent and just tell us, "Hey, we're making the change. We'll see how it goes." Instead of all this blah 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 <laughs> user feedback. Come on, that's some BS. But. All right, let's move on. And what we're going to try here, we're in something new. So you guys let us know if you like this, you like the old way. But with this Saturday game starting, we got two games on Saturday, one on Thursday. Rather than going game by game through all these, we're going to give our favorite plays out of the three-game slate uh, for Thursday and Saturday. We'll do the same at the end, kind of cover the primetime slate as one thing and spend a little bit more time on the main slate. I think that affects everybody. These, uh, these little slates in the beginning, the end, Sure, a lot of people play them, but I don't think we need to go game by game. So, guys, let's just let's cover you know your favorite quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Chop, great idea, bringing it to the table here. So, 
of the three games on this slate, Denver and Indy, Chicago at Detroit, Chargers at Kansas City. So, Chop, let's get started with you real quick here on quarterbacks. Not a lot of interesting names in this group. So who stands out uh, out of these six teams at quarterback for you this week? Matthew Stafford is the is the guy I look at. Uh, I think it's a, coming back home now. Uh, Stafford is the guy that I'll have on. If I'm playing these three games right here, which I will be because uh, me and Derek were just, had just noticed that in the lobby for Saturday, there's a a million-dollar tournament on DraftKings for, for the two games. It's un- unbelievable. So Matthew Stafford is the guy I think I think I got to roll with this week out of, out of all these six quarterbacks right here. All right, Derek, how about yourself? And you can include that Thursday game if you want. You can just stick to Saturday. But, you know, who's your quarterback out of these six teams? Yeah, I probably won't have much exposure at all to that Thursday game, even if I'm playing the Thursday to Monday slate. Uh, not a lot of interest in that game in general. I was tempted to say Phillip Rivers just because uh, that offense is humming right now. We know the Chiefs defense has been struggling against the pass lately, but I believe they've had 10 straight home games where they've held opponents under 20 points or something crazy like that. So that'll definitely be put to the test this week against the Chargers. Uh, But I'm going to agree with Chop. I think Stafford's the play here at home. Looked pretty good last week dealing with that hand injury. He's got a ton of weapons around him. And, uh, you know, if Abdullah is out again, they're just going to continue to throw the ball a bunch. I like Stafford quite a bit. Uh, in this two games. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to make it a clean sweep here and then go with Stafford. Rivers just feels a bit too overpriced at 7200 I don't mind Alex Smith either. You know, you look at the numbers from last week's, eh, kind of let us down. Well, hit two touchdowns basically to Travis Kelsey that, that didn't, you know, one was cut short, one was a penalty. So it could have been a much bigger day. And I know that Chargers secondary, very, very good. But uh, the Chiefs offense just looks so much better these last couple weeks. So He's intriguing at 5,900. I think that's about it, though. You know, there, there's not much else to really go to. I agree, Derek, that Denver Indy game, just not a lot to offer at any position. But let's hit on running back. Derek, we'll get started with you here on running back on this three-game slate. Who you got? Is there a more tilting running back in the NFL than Kareem Hunt? I mean, I've, I've no, faded him no, the first, no, like no. The first five weeks. I was like, oh, this 80, these 80-yard 80 touchdown runs can't continue every week. And he was getting them with like 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And then I was price finally started to come down a little bit, so I started playing him. And then, of course, he did nothing. And last week, decided to fade him for the first time in weeks, and uh, he ends up having a big game. I ended up playing Alex Smith, of course, who uh, you know had a couple touchdowns of Kelsey that were just you know one yard off or so. So anyway, uh, that's just my tilt around Kareem Hunt. But uh, I do think he's viable here uh, at home against the Chargers. Uh, you know, their pass defense really good. Their run defense isn't great, so I don't mind Hunt. Uh, probably not going to be playing Melvin Gordon. I know uh, you know he's a guy that relies on Relies on uh, workload over efficiency, and uh, I just don't really know if they're going to be able to get it done uh, against the Chiefs on the road. So I'd like Hunt and then uh, Riddick quite a bit if if uh, Abdullah ends up being out again. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this for years, and not toot my own horn, but Amir Abdullah is just not a great NFL player. I mean, he was great at Nebraska, but Theo Riddick clearly the better back. So I think he's going to get more opportunities here. I like Riddick. Chop, let's get to you. Uh, who's your top running back plays uh, on this little slate here? I'm going Melvin Gordon. I think All right. I'm going Melvin number one because, uh, you know, he's just – really- Now, Chop, we've been bashing Melvin Gordon all year all year long. Now, you've you got to explain yourself here. Well, he's just one of those guys. He can win you a tournament and because you just never know how the variance is going to work out with his touchdowns. And, but he's clearly the guy that when they get down there, 
he's going to get the carry. So I'm, I'm going to assume that they can move the ball at will on Kansas City. And then it's just a matter of will the guys go down inside the five-yard line or will they be able to extend it over the goal line? I'm going to hope that they go down inside the five. He vultures a few touchdowns. He's got tournament-winning upside. We've seen it before this year. He's, he's busted out up over 35 points on multiple occasions this year. It's a good match. It's a nice week defense in general. And I just think they'll be able to take advantage. I think it's a high-scoring game, and I, I want a piece of Melvin Gordon. Uh, it's either him or Kareem Hunt, and I'm, I'm not going to Kareem Hunt as fast as I am Gordon this week. All right, makes sense. I, I like it in GPPs, playing cash games, which I, I don't really like to do on a two- or three-game slate. Uh, Gordon does have upside. Not efficient, we know that, but you're right. This Kansas City defense, absolutely horrific. So let's just lump the pass catchers together here, chop wide receivers, tight ends, and we'll move on to the main slate. So – who is catching your eye here uh, on these two, three-game slates, uh, wide receiver and tight end? For cash games, if, if I was playing, well, I'll just say a safe. The safest guy, I think, on the board is going to be pairing Matthew Stafford with Marvin Jones. I think that he's uh, in for a big game here at home against Chicago. But when I'm looking for some upside in tournaments on this slate, man, I'm, I'm going to turn to Tyree Hill. I know he doesn't have a great track record at home. I think that's a lot of noise, though. Yeah, I think I, I've already said I think this game is going to be a shootout. I'm not a huge fan of Cream Hump this week, so in some way, shape, or form, Kansas City is going to get it in the end zone. And I think it's going to be via Tyreek Hill. I like it, Derek. Who do you got? Wide receivers and tight ends. Going to keep playing Keenan Allen four straight weeks of at least 100 yards, and he uh, you know got tackled at the one at that 50 yard bomb. Should have had a touchdown last week. Uh, he should be able to avoid Marcus Peters for most of the game, and even if he sees him, not a big concern. Peters hasn't played very well this year. Uh, I'll disagree with Chop. I'm going to go Tate over Marvin. Uh, the Bears have kind of just been limited big plays, and Tate's kind of their uh, you know chain mover in this offense. So I like Tate a little bit more. Had a pretty good game uh, last week against the Bucks. And yeah, I don't really understand Tyreek Hill splits. I think they're noise too. But I mean, 14 more points per game. It's kind of strange. You guys, uh, you buy into that at all, Chop or Beer? No, I, I think I'm a chop. It's you know, it, it's a small sample size, so it's really hard to say that that it's something there. But I, I think it's more noise than anything. Like chop said, I agree with that. Uh, now I haven't put a lot of stock in that, so he's always intriguing to me in tournaments. It, just the upside alone doesn't really matter the matchup. So not a great matchup here, but I do like his upside. My guy, you know, you guys covered most of the guys. Keenan Allen. Let's not forget, Chargers really took their foot off the gas there in that game. He could have had. You know, another monster game. They didn't even need him basically in the second half. So keep that in mind. But Dontrell Inman, guys, we've talked about a few times. Put up the bagel last week. You know, didn't even see a target. Kendall Wright got all the work. I think Inman bounces back. Only 3,100. Nobody's going to want to play him after that zero. So quick thoughts there. Am I crazy? Does he bounce back here? What do you think of Dontrell Inman? I think he makes all the sense in the world. Everyone's going to look to riot after that big game. Uh, so for tournaments, definitely agree with you on Inman. Chop. Oh, I agree. That's their best uh, pass catcher, and uh, Detroit's going to put up points. We've already we we already said we, how much we like Stafford and the guys. They're not going to just be able to pound Jordan Howard this week. They're going to have to play catch up a little bit. So I like Inman quite a bit. Yeah, and Kendall Wright dealing with injury as well. So keep an eye on that. Hopefully he plays. That means nobody's really going to go to Inman even if he's out. Uh, that elevates Inman to the number one receiver, which I think he is anyway. So any final thoughts here on this, guys? I know there's a lot of money up there, a million-dollar tournament, like you said. Any other thoughts here on this quick slate before we move on to the main slate? 
think it could be a good week to play two tight ends. Uh, we got Kelsey against the Chargers, who have excellent corners, so they might be able to attack the middle a little bit. And uh, Hunter Henry's in a good spot. Eric Ebron, we had a sighting from him last week. So I think it's a good week to play two tight ends. Yeah, even Shaheen had a decent game, and Detroit's been one of the worst teams in the league against the tight end position. So we'll see. He's on the injury report as well, but uh, I think all four of those guys intriguing. Chop, final thoughts here on the Thursday-Saturday games. If you want to win that big money and get in there and swim and swim amongst those uh, 100,000 other entries, you got to be different, guys. you got to change it up just a hair. you gotta, you got to do something off the board, and so – don't don't just look to make a, a generic cash game team. You can kind of do some different things with it and, and, and see what you can come up with. Yeah, and be contrarian without being crazy. You know, you don't have to, to go all the way out in left field. Just find a spot or two where you think a guy will be lower owned or a different stack that somebody might not have. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can go on that slate. All right, let's move on. Main slate, let's start Miami and Buffalo. Do you guys see that damn whiteout in Buffalo? I mean, some of the pictures of the fans sitting there like in a foot of snow. And I'm thinking, man, I love football. I, I don't know that I love it that much. So uh, I don't know about the weather for this week. I mean, that was pretty crazy. Saw LaShawn McCoy get it done in the snow. Seems to be his thing. Another home matchup here uh, with Miami who, let's be honest, guys, look great. They took it to New England last night. I did not see that coming. But now they got to travel to Buffalo. Always a tough place to play. So, Chop get started with you for me it's a lot of LaShawn McCoy here not a lot of interest in this Miami squad maybe Kenyon Drake what do you got Miami and Buffalo yeah I uh I sure hope it snows again man I, I don't that was, that was awesome well, it was an awesome game to watch and I mean I've never seen it like that where you literally they take a step and they sink shin deep or knee deep into snow I've never seen it like that it built up fast that was pretty awesome to watch but you know, I got these. Uh, I hate to, I hate to bring season long into it, but man, you know, we got the, we're in the meat of the playoffs here, and man, I'm facing Kenyon Drake, so I'm hoping it snows about two feet in Buffalo that day, and he's just stuck in, <laughs> just stuck in neutral because uh, I just lost uh, Carson Wentz, so I'm in trouble anyway. But I think it's, it, I think it's all about the running backs in this, in this game. Period. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but it is Buffalo and it is December, so I wouldn't doubt if we see more cold, nasty weather. So. And uh, with Tyrod being out, Peterman got banged up last week. Certainly Joe Webb's not going to come in here and light light a candle for the uh, passing game for Buffalo. So it's it's McCoy or Bust on that side. And on the other side, if the weather's bad enough, Jay Cutler, I don't think he's necessarily a guy who wants to get out there and do snow angels anymore. You know, he's an older guy and came back to get his money, and I don't think he wants to play in the snow. So I'd, I'd lean on Kenny and Drake again. So I don't. I think it's all about the running backs in this game. Yeah, I, I faced Kenny and Drake this week in the playoffs, Chop. And on my side, I had Brady and Cooks. And it didn't go so well. So, yeah, uh, sitting on the sidelines here. So li- a little angry at Kenny and Drake. But what a, what a game, man. I mean, look at this guy. 48 carries over the last two weeks. 11 targets. Derek, does it continue here in Buffalo? Again, not the greatest matchup. But they want to get this guy the ball. And he's he's looked good. That spin move he had uh, looked great. So, McCoy, Drake, what do you got here at Dolphins, Buffalo? Yeah, I love the running backs in this game, both of them. Uh, Drake's still very affordable at 5,800. Played 90% of the snaps last week. Getting a bunch of carries and uh, getting a bunch of targets uh, through the passing game. So I think you just keep playing him. Bill's one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. He's game flow independent, so I really like Drake. Uh, Landry, don't mind him, but not really a guy that I'm going to be forcing into my lineups. Uh, You know, he's really been – 
uh, scoring touchdowns this year with Cutler under center, which is good to see. So, you know, he's not really a guy that just has a safe floor anymore. He also has a high ceiling. So 6,100 isn't terrible. On the Bills side, I do like McCoy. Um, I was one of the many that jumped on him after, uh, you know, saw his his line from the last snow game that he was in when he had over 200 yards. And uh, I was bailed out there to the end when he had that, uh, you know, 20-yard touchdown run in overtime. So I was happy to see that. Uh, I think he's definitely viable here against the the Dolphins. And then if uh, Tyrod Taylor ends up playing, he says that he's going to, but the coach says, uh, you know, he's still questionable. But if Tyrod ends up playing, I like Charles Clay quite a bit. Miami really bad against tight ends. Clay's only 3,000 uh, on DraftKings. Yeah, nice cheap price on him. And we know McCoy, great at home and great as a home favorite. And he's averaging about 25 DraftKings points uh, as a home favorite over the last couple of years. So another good spot for him. The price is up, but uh, 8400 I think, is not too expensive for LaShawn McCoy. All right, let's move on. Next game, we got my Green Bay Packers going to Carolina. We don't have the answer here, guys, but I think the main story here is the potential of Aaron Rodgers coming back uh, in this game. So let's kind of attack it both ways. If Rodgers is in, uh, if it's Hundley, where are you at with the Green Bay offense? And then Carolina playing well right now. You know, and they're at home. It's a great matchup against that secondary. So, Derek, where are we going with the Panthers here against this bad Packers defense? Yeah, so first, no, I don't know how much we want to read into this, but uh, the line opened, Carolina minus three. It's already up to minus six. The total come down a little bit. I don't know if that suggests that uh, betters think Rodgers is going to be out, but uh, I really hope he's back in there. I'd love to see them make a run at the playoffs. I uh, won't be using Hundley if Rodgers is out. Jamal Williams has been awesome, but uh, on the road against a tough Carolina defense, I don't think I can go there. Devontae Adams, uh, I think he's viable. 6,800 seems like a lot, but we know he's uh, Hundley's guy. And then, uh, obviously, if Rodgers is back, we want to go with Jordy Nelson. Uh, Nelson did get the price bump on DraftKings up to 6,300. So, luckily, he won't be you know 90% owned if, if Rodgers ends up playing. But depending on who's a quarterback, that's uh, the way I'd go. We know the Panthers have been burned by some receivers recent weeks. Uh, last week, it was Thielen, who could have had three touchdowns on the day, but uh, ended up dropping a couple. For Carolina, love Cam Newton in this spot. We know the Packers, you can burn them uh, through the air, and they're pretty decent against the run, so I think it's a great spot for him. Funchess has played really well recently. Uh, 6,600 feels like a little bit much for me, but uh, I definitely like his upside against this secondary. Then Greg Olson, you know, he didn't really do much last week, but he did play 92% of the snaps, and he uh, ran 22 uh, routes on Newton's 27 dropbacks. So, Olsen at 4,000 is definitely intriguing uh, in tournaments if you want to go there for a low one play. Yeah, I love Funches. I mean, he, he, like I said, he's just getting it done. 15, 16, 21, 26, four touchdowns over the last two weeks. Chop the question here. Are you chasing these Jonathan Stewart points? Because, <laughs> man, five touchdowns in the last three weeks alone, three of them against that Minnesota Rundy. And, you know, we, we laugh, but he's been taken over for Christian McCaffrey, who's kind of fallen off here. So I'm not ready to go there. But 4,100, Jonathan Stewart, any interest there? You know, it, it's 4,100, and it's uh, it's a good matchup. Like, I, the Green Bay, they can get they can get hammered on the ground sometimes. So it's there if you want to take it. I won't be chasing it, though. So uh, I'll pass on that. I, I'm If I'm going Carolina, I'm, I like Cam Newton to Devin Funchess this week. I like that connection. Uh, I'll probably pass on Greg Olson. I want to see a little bit more activity in the in the passing game from him. 
and Christian McCaffrey's kind of taken like a step back here these past few weeks. So I'll, t- I'll I'll pass on him, but I do like Newton Newton to Funchess is my is the where I would go on that side of the ball. On Green Bay, yeah, there's a lot that's hinging on this Aaron Rodgers man. It's going to be very interesting because obviously if he plays, I'd fire him up, uh, and I'd fire up Jordy Nelson in in a lot of contests too, and I'd even sprinkle in some Devontae Adams who was already kind of taken over for Nelson anyway. Uh, and if if Hundley ends up starting though, if there's no Aaron Rodgers, then Nelson is off the board. Uh, nobody else is viable except for Devontae, who I still think, even with Huntley at quarterback, is is a top-notch receiver this week against Carolina's defense. So I'm on Adams regardless. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers would swing me to Jordy Nelson a little bit. And uh, as good as Jamal Williams has looked and Aaron Jones is nice too, I probably don't want to take a running back against this Carolina defense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Williams has been great, no doubt, but he's had some good matchups now on the road in Carolina I don't know that I want to go there. And this Carolina secondary, I'm glad you brought them up. They've really been struggling here, especially against big wide receivers. So uh, you nailed it. If, if it's Hundley, I'm interested in Adams. If, if it's Rodgers, uh, it's going to be Nelson. And kudos to DraftKings for pricing up Jordy Nelson, expecting Rodgers to be back. So an intriguing game. And I think rostering Rodgers is the big question. Are we ready to go there or not? Chop, you seem ready to go. I hesitate a little bit on that against this Carolina defense Derek, where do you come out if Aaron Rodgers is a starter? Uh, do you lock him in, or do you have any hesitations there? I think I'd rather play Newton over Rodgers, but uh, I would be interested in uh, Jordy Nelson, definitely. All right, next game for us, guys, Baltimore and Cleveland. So, you know, two teams, uh, not a lot of offensive fireworks here, Derek. So where are we going here? We know the Cleveland defense is not playing well at all. Uh, Baltimore you know, Collins looks amazing, guys. That is one fun running back to watch play. So uh, that's probably the most interested I have in this game would be Alex Collins up to 5K. I don't think that's expensive enough. So uh, could have had a much bigger day. Buck Allen stole them touchdowns. So Derek, Baltimore, Cleveland, what do you got? Yeah, my third and wrong is going to be on Alex Collins. I was not expecting uh, this much production from him. You know, he was seeing, you know, 40% of the snaps for most of the year, and uh, he's just been awesome. You know, one of the leaders in yards per carry, uh, looking really good. And uh, he's actually had two catches or more in four straight games. So even on a full PPR site, got to bump him up a little bit. We know the Browns' run defense looks good uh, when you look at the DVOA, but they've really been struggling in recent weeks. You know, last week they struggled against Jamal Williams. A couple weeks ago they struggled as well. So I think this is an attackable defense. This is a spot where they are going to be playing from ahead. They're seven-point favorites. So I think Collins is firmly in play uh, at 5,000. Don't want to mess with Flacco or his receivers. Uh, For the Browns, I think you just fire up Josh Gordon again. Uh, He's seen 48% of uh, Chop's favorite stat, air yards. And uh, which currently leads all wide receivers, uh, Antonio. Uh, so forty eight percent of the Browns' air yards. Antonio Brown has forty six percent of the Steelers' air yards. Just, just, uh, just a stat that I thought I'd throw in there for Chop. Uh, and did you see his tweet? Appreciate. It. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wasn't he? Wasn't he talking junk to somebody? Yeah, so, uh, one, of the, one of the Green Bay corners. Yeah, he said, "Yeah, great, great win for them." But let's be serious. Considering several of our disadvantages as a team, this couldn't couldn't hold my jock strap on my worst day. And he added him. <laughs> I mean, he's probably right. Oh. I think he was talking to Demarius Randall. So I love it. Uh, I love some Josh Gordon. I'm going to bang the same drum I I banged last week, and Corey Coleman is still a viable option in my opinion. Sixty eight hundred for Gordon. 
4,400 for Coleman, who outproduced Gordon last week. So I have some interest there in the cheap chop. So Gordon, Coleman, any interest there? And then Alex Collins. I, I agree with Derek. I, I love watching this dude play. So 5K, is he of interest to you against Cleveland? Yeah, Alex Collins is fine because uh, there's just no there's just nobody else I would want to take on this offense. I mean, they just don't pass the ball with any kind of effectiveness this year. Um, I mean, so I don't want any Flacco, Macklin, Wallace. I think it's all garbage. Alex Collins is the only one who I would even think about rostering, so I guess that puts him in play. And uh, for Cleveland, I think the passing game is is in play here. You mentioned Coleman and, and Notorious mentioned Gordon. I think they're both fine, man. I would even think about double stacking with uh, Deshaun Kaiser. It just depends on the weather. You know, that weather last week I think threw some things off. And so uh, I'm not going to hold any of that against them if there's better weather this week. This is a Ravens team that lost Jimmy Smith. And then the first game without him last week, they give up 500 yards to Ben Roethlisberger. So I think they could be passed against, you know. Maybe this is a trend that's going to start here, and we're going to see it over the next few weeks, and maybe we can get on board now before before everybody catches on and starts playing offenses, passing games against uh, Baltimore. So I'll, I'll take a shot on Gordon, Coleman, and Kaiser this week, but I don't want any of those running backs. Yeah, tough to trust uh, either of those guys. Corral look good, but, you know, it's, it's pretty much a split workload there. So uh, I'll stick with the passing game there. I agree with you. Next game for us, guys, Houston. And Jacksonville, we get the TJ Yates experience going to Jacksonville. So biggest question here, Chop, can you go back to DeAndre Hopkins, 7,700? He's gotten it done in tough matchups. You know, Patrick Peterson got it done, now has to deal with Jalen Ramsey, who might be the best of the best at the cornerback position. So address that. Where are you at on Hopkins? And then the Jacksonville side, I find very intriguing, both Fournette and the passing attack. I think there's a lot of plays here. Even Blake Bortles might be in play for me against Houston. So chop Houston, Jacksonville. Who you got? For Houston, I don't want. I'm not going to touch anybody here. Uh, I I don't think uh, DeAndre is going to be on any team I make this week. And this is a guy. I'm not. I'm not biased uh, against him because you know when I looked up last week, I started building rosters, and all of a sudden I looked. Uh, he was on like 60 percent of them, and I wasn't even expecting that going into lineup building on Sunday morning, but. Uh, this matchup, I don't want any piece of with T.J. Yates at the quarterback position. So, guys, and also, you know, we could definitely pour one out for good old Steven Anderson, who was supposed to come through with this, this monster game. But I'm not, I'm not, uh, definitely not intrigued by any of that. So, I'll pass on Houston altogether. I think Jacksonville is really going to lay the wood on these guys this week. Uh, and for Jacksonville, that's the issue I have with Bortles and with Marquise Lee and with Westbrook. Is I think Jacksonville jumps up enough that. They have no desire to really be passing the ball in the third and fourth quarter. I think this is a big, big Leonard Fournette game. Yep. Agreed. 7,500, and I like all pieces of Jacksonville offense, but he might be my favorite. And you had to bring up Steven Anderson. The decision to roster Anderson over Trey Burton cost me a lot of money this week. So uh, definitely a, a third and wrong there. I won't use it on him, but uh, an error in judgment, we'll call it. Derek? Texans, again, same question to you. Where are you at with DeAndre Hopkins here? Tough matchup. I think he's going to be very low-owned, uh, interested in that sense. And then Jacksonville, a lot of ways you can go. Who are your favorite plays on the Jaguar? So I have another poor one out for you guys. Uh, the wife just texted me. My son's fish died, so uh, poor one out for that. <laughs> oh, we'll poor one out for that fish. Could, uh, could that, we get, could that we get a name? Could we get a name on the fish? Uh, it was Ghost. Ghost. 
Ghost. And, uh, Ghost. Ghost. Yeah, she's still trying to feed him, I guess. So, anyway. The good news is a fish is easily replaced. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, he's he's so young. He doesn't know any better. But uh, John Dre Hopkins, full fade for me. Uh, I faded him against Patrick Peterson. Didn't work out. But I'm going to fade him against Jalen Ramsey, especially with TJ Yates throwing in the ball. Uh, you know, when they met up week one, he had 16 targets, only caught seven of them for 55 yards. So I think a lot of people are just going to lock him in because that's what I've been doing the last uh, you know month or so. But I think this is finally a good time to hop off of Hopkins and, uh, you know, maybe go back to Steven Anderson. I don't think a lot of people will be on him. Uh, he dropped, I think, three or four balls uh, that really hurt his uh, final line. So I think 3,500 is reasonable. On the Jag side, I agree with you guys. Definitely love Fournette here. I think uh, this could be a breakout game for him. And uh, if you're targeting a receiver, I'm still on the D.D. Westbrook uh, bandwagon. Love him in this spot. His first four NFL games, 20 catches for 235 yards and a touchdown. And uh, he seems to just be gaining more confidence uh, each and every week. Don't don't forget about Keelan Cole and your GPPs either. 3,700. I, I would rather have Westbrook uh, or Lee in a cash game setting. But uh, Cole, two weeks in a row, he's caught a long one. So uh, don't sleep on Keelan Cole at 30. 700 all right let's go we, we talked about cincinnati earlier so uh they got whooped by chicago at home now get the task derek of going to minnesota and playing one of the better teams in the nfc so aj green another another question here stud wide receiver in a very difficult matchup with xavier rhodes any interest in aj green he's priced down at 6500 and then the viking side i think it's another team called an onslaught who are your favorite vikings targets here against the Bengals? Yeah, for Cincinnati, definitely be keeping my eye on uh, the injury news on Joe Mixon. If he ends up being out, I think Bernard uh, has some appeal in tournaments. But 5,300, definitely don't think uh, he's going to be a core play for me. Luckily, he had that big fourth quarter the other night uh, or the other day. Um, ended up saving his day just because he got all those catches and garbage time. But I think everyone had him anyway, so it probably didn't matter. Uh, A.J. Green on the road, don't mind him. He'll probably draw Xavier Rhodes. But, you know, Rhodes has been – you know, he wasn't great against Marvin Jones and then uh, struggled a little bit last week, too. So maybe fire up green in tournaments. Definitely not a cash game play for me. For the Vikings, definitely uh, Onslaught is in play here. Like Keenum to both of his receivers. Uh, I keep wanting to play Diggs at his uh, you know, discounted price point, but I think Thielen's just the guy in this offense. So I think he's going to be uh, my preferred target. And I probably won't be targeting the running game, even though they are big favorites. Uh, you know, they're pretty much split in time back there. Uh, they're both 48 and 4,900 on DraftKings. So I don't love them, but I don't uh, hate them either. And they're, they're teasing us with that digs price, 5,800 chop. So I'm buying again. It, it just continues. It's his lowest price. He was same price last week, but it's his lowest tag of the season. And uh, I'm buying low on Stefan Diggs once again. Uh, where do you come out on A.J. Green uh, in this matchup? And then, again, Vikings, I think there's a lot of ways you can go. Who stands out as your preferred targets? So from Cincinnati, the only guy in play for me is A.J. Green. Uh, I'll take I'll take him matched up one-on-one with any anybody any day. If they just want to put one guy out on an island against A.J. Green, I'll take a shot on him hitting a home run. So, But otherwise, I think Cincinnati is dead, man. I think that they've rolled over now, and, they've, and they're dead for the year, and we're going to see a, a big-time tank from them from here on out. Uh, and that starts this week against this uh, – well, it started last week against Jordan Howard. But I'll go back to the well with another running back against Cincinnati. I like Latavius Murray this week. 
to grind out 100 yards, maybe a touchdown, maybe he falls in the end zone twice because they're going to have plenty of opportunities. So I also like Stephon Diggs to hit a home run in this matchup too. I like the price tag. I know Thielen's the number one guy, but I'll take a shot for two grand less on Stephon Diggs. But it's Latavius Murray is the guy because I think there's a lot of uh, running the clock out later in this game. I think he's the he's the guy who's going to run the clock out. And when they get inside the five, he's going to be the guy. And if they get inside the five, Cincinnati just doesn't have the desire to stop him in this game. I think they've mailed it in, especially if Burfick doesn't play again. So it's Latavius Murray's my favorite play from this game. Yeah, it's a great call. I mean, they're 10, 11 point favorites, depending on where you look. So we know we want our running backs at home. We want we know we want them as favorites. And you get that here with Latavius Murray. And ownership should be low. You know, he hasn't had a big game in a while. People seem to prefer McKinnon. Uh, he's $100 cheaper. It's not a huge discount, but uh, I think people will go there. So love that Latavius Murray call. Let's move on. Jets and New Orleans. We'll do another poor one out here for Josh McCown. A guy was playing probably the best ball of his career and, you know, lifting up this Jets team. And we didn't expect to win a game and making them respectable. Now, Chop, we get Bryce Petty uh, in this offense. So I think a lot of people are just going to write them off. New Orleans, huge favorites here. The big question, I guess, here is Robbie Anderson, who has been great. Let's not forget, he was great with Bryce Petty last season, too. I mean, those two had a great connection. So I'm not ready to write him off. In fact, I think he's a viable option here if they're playing from behind at 5,600. I really like the upside there for Robbie Anderson. Talked about Minnesota onslaught. New Orleans is going to be able to do whatever they want here. So what Saints do you want? What are you doing with Kamara, Ingram? A lot to break down here with the Saints. And what do you think of Robbie Anderson? Yeah, Robbie Anderson is the only guy for the New York Jets that I even vaguely want to touch this week, and I would probably want to have more exposure to the New Orleans defense than to Robbie Anderson. I think he's in play, but I'm not gonna I'm not going out of my way to roster him. Uh, for New Orleans, it's all about New Orleans here, and I think it's all about the running game. And then you got to narrow it down between the two. And for me, it's going to be Mark Ingram because, yeah, this is already like a 14. 15-point spread, or oh, 16. It's up to 17 yeah. in some spots. Is it? Oh, well, yeah. there you go. It's going to be a blowout, I think, and that's going to be Mark Ingram time. Kamara's not necessarily the clock grinder. That's Ingram. So I want some Mark Ingram here more so than anybody else. And we've seen Drew Brees this year absolutely 100% be content with just letting his running backs do all the work. I'm not falling for the Brees trap this week. So I don't want Brees. I don't want Thomas. I don't want Ginn. I want the running backs, and I'm going to narrow it down to Mark Ingram. You guys think Kamara could be lower owned? You know, probably burned a lot of people, not only in daily, but in their season long playoffs. Uh, any any interest in Kamara being a low owned option? I agree, Chop. I want Ingram. I think he's the hammer. But if you can get a low owned Kamara, eighty six hundred is a lot to pay. So you're more interested in Ingram, Derek. Where do you come out on these running backs? Uh, and then the Jets side. Any interest uh, in that Jets offense? Hate to go against you guys, but I'm going to go with Kamara. Uh, before getting All hurt right. last week, he out-snapped Ingram in three straight weeks. Uh, he's got the fresher legs. If they're good up by, you know, 20, I don't think they're just going to have Ingram out there the whole time. So I think Kamara, you know, got a little bit more upside in him. If they end up seeing similar, you know, number of touches, uh, I'll side with Kamara every time. Uh, you know, that's just a, a prediction on my part. But, you know, I think both are definitely viable. I'll have exposure to both of them. Uh, maybe a sneaky tournament play, Ted Ginn. I think this could be a game where they just, you know, pound it, pound it, pound it, and then take a couple of deep shots down the field. Uh, we haven't seen a big game from him in a while, so I don't mind uh, that in tournaments. For Robbie Anderson, I was really hoping he was going to get a great matchup this week because, like you guys mentioned, Bryce Petty and him 
know, we're pretty good together last year in their three games. Uh, Anderson had four for 61 in a touchdown, six for 99, and then four for 80 in a touchdown. But he'll probably get the Marcus Lattimore treatment, which does scare me a little bit. So I agree with Chop. I'd rather play uh, the Saints defense against this Jets offense. Yeah, Anderson, it wouldn't be a cash game play. Tournaments, I agree. Lattimore is legit, but you know, that connection is there. Any worry with these Saints uh, as far as the blowout goes, so as far as cash games? Chop, are, are you looking at these guys in cash, or is a 17-point spread too worrisome for a blowout? Yeah, I'm going to play the blowout as if I think it is going to be a blowout, which leads me to Mark Ingram in, in cash or otherwise. That's that's the one guy I really, I really favor this week. All right, Derek, same question. Cash games, do you like the running backs in New Orleans, or are they just tournament plays for you? Yeah, I think you can play them in cash. I haven't been doing it the last few weeks, but uh, this is definitely a game where we should be able to predict how it plays out. And uh, if that's the case, definitely a good spot for both of them. So I think you can use them in cash, which is the uh, first time I've said that in a while. All right, there you go. All right, next game for us, NFC East battle here. Eagles and Giants, I don't know if I can call it a battle. The Eagles and the Giants. Giants has seemingly called it in, mailed it in, whatever you want to say. Philadelphia, again, we mentioned earlier, Carson Wentz, tough blow there. So Nick Foles steps in, Derek. What do we think? What happens with this offense with Nick Foles? So obviously, they take a step back. How big of a step back? Is it enough for you to kind of avoid the offense, or do you see opportunity here against the Giants? And giant side for me, I, I can't roster any of these guys. So maybe you see something I don't see, but I'm out on the Giants. So my memory is a little uh, hazy these days, but Chop, didn't you have a huge week because uh, of Nick Foles a few years ago? Seven touchdowns. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sir. You won all the money. <laughs> so I was in Oakland, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe we should yeah. ask Chop uh, what he thinks about Foles then. All right. Uh, Bulls got skills, man. Don't let it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, chop. Here you go, Nick Foles. Oh, you, Derek don't want none of it. Derek, 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 Derek's going to the Foles expert. The to you. Yeah, we got to go. We, we're calling in our Foles expert here. So, what, what do we got here with Nick Foles? Uh, this is a tough one. I'm gonna. Uh, for, first of all, for the Giants, yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I'm with beer. I don't want any. I don't want any of this. I learned my Sterling Shepherd lesson last week. So I, I probably want to avoid that. Uh, but uh, for Philly, I think I think Foles has some skill. I don't think it's – I think he's a quality backup quarterback in the NFL. I think he's playable at 5,500 in this offense. I think Alshon is playable. I don't know about Ertz if he's going to be back or not. If he is, then obviously he's a good play. But uh, I would just assume for fantasy purposes, see him sit out one more game and be able to play Trey Burton at a cheap price one more time. And then I think the running backs are going to – I think that's where there's going to be a lot of uh, production here this week against the Giants. And uh, I'm going to lean towards Ajayi spearheading this attack, uh, followed by Blunt. And so uh, I, I think the Phillies, yeah, I think they're going to score some points. I don't think Foles is a is a complete drop-off. No, it's, he's, not a, he's not your typical backup. I think he's got some, some good skills to him. Yeah, I agree with the point on the running game, and I'll get to that in a second. But Foles is one of those guys where they're going to hide him. You know, I think they're going to lean on the running game more. But you see sometimes these backup quarterbacks come in and, you know, the team doesn't want to throw the ball at all. I don't think you're going to see that here. But I do have a lot of interest in Jay Ajayi. You mentioned him, Chop. 15 carries last week. You know, looked good yards per carry-wise. He didn't get in the end zone, so the fantasy points don't look great. But the work is there. The Giants' defense is terrible. I really like J.H.I. this week at 5,000. And we talk about him, Alex Collins, some good value at the running back position. So 
All right, Derek, you got uh, the take from the Nick Foles expert. Now, what do you think? Are you rostering him here at 5,500 against the Giants? I think I will roster him uh, moving forward, but probably not this week just because they're not going to need him to air it out. They got one of the best uh, you know, run-blocking offensive lines uh, in the NFL. They got three good running backs. Uh, I like the call on Ajayi. Since joining the team, he's played 22, 30, 42, and 51% of the snaps, so that's trending upward. Uh, you mentioned the 15 carries last week, which is good to see. Don't like him quite as much as Alex Collins at the same price. But I definitely think you can play him here. Uh, and, yeah, Foles, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. He's got, you know, a good offensive line. He's got some weapons to work with. But I just want to give it one week before I uh, go all in. And that's uh, that's unless Zach Ertz ends up being out. Then I think he can play Burton again. For the Giants, yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. Just a tough spot for them. They've kind of mailed it in. Going up against a really good Eagles defense, uh, you know, Shepard could be an interesting, you know, buy low play just because nobody's going to be on him. But I think, uh, you know, if I made 10 lineups, he'd maybe make one of them. Yeah, and Ingram down to 5,600, Shepard 52. I just just can't do it. This offense just looks horrible and don't want to go back there. So let's move on to the next game, Arizona and Washington. Two offensive guys are really struggling. So, you know, this is a spot. Can, can these offenses get healthy, Derek? Washington at home, seemingly a, a, not an easy matchup, but a, a better matchup than what they've had the last few weeks. Kirk Cousins, can he get it going here against Arizona? And then Arizona traveling across the country to Washington, they just don't look good at all. So any interest in the Cardinals side of things? For the Cardinals, not really any interest. Kerwin Williams has kind of been their workhorse without Adrian Peterson. Sounds like he's still without a timeline to return with the neck injury. So, I mean, if Kerwin draws a start, 4K is at least somewhat appealing. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to fire him up on the road. Uh, Ricky Sills-Jones, you know, I kind of mentioned it last week that his snaps weren't there. Third straight week, under 30% snap count. So, I mean, the upside's there if he's going to see the targets. But that's just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of risky for me. So, I think I'll look elsewhere at uh, tight end. Not really any interest in the receivers. For Washington, they lost Byron Marshall. So, I mean, P. Ryan's just going to have all the workload this week, 4,800. I think he's going to play passing downs as well. I think he's a great buy in a game where they're going to be playing from ahead, hopefully. Um, you know, he's typically a better runner than than pass catcher, but I think he's going to see some dump-offs in this one. As for the receivers, I uh, just want to see who uh, who Patrick Peterson ends up shadowing. If it ends up being uh, Doxon, then you can look at Crowder, maybe Vernon Davis. But overall, I mean, I, I think I like the Redskins side a lot more than the Cardinals side. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, there's a lot of people talking about Blaine Gabbard and Cash last week, Chop. So what, what do you think of, of Arizona here in Washington? And can this Redskins offense get it going at home? Arizona just looks like a, a good fade to me altogether. Just, you know, the only one that I would even remotely think about is Larry Fitzgerald. But I'm just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to take Fitzgerald at this point in the season when Arizona has really nothing to play for. So, I don't. I want to fade Arizona for Washington. I want to take Kirk Cousins. I don't know who you would pair him with, really. Probably J- Jamison Crowder, but I think Kirk Cousins is in store for a nice game, assuming the weather holds up, and that's the kind of stuff we got to check on Sunday morning. But I think Kirk Cousins is going to be in for a good week this week, back at home against a weaker defense than what he's what he's been having to take a look at these past couple of weeks. I think Vernon Davis is in play. He they really got him involved early last week, and then he kind of fell off. Um, missed a shot at a, a second touchdown in that game, and 
then they kind of stopped going to him after that. But I think Vernon Davis is in play, Jamison Crowder. I'd probably avoid Dotson because I'm pretty sure that's who they want to stick Peterson on. And I think P, I think P Ryan's all right, but I just I'm not I'm not sure he's a he's going to get a lot of work, but he's 4.8 and he's just not all that good of an NFL back. So I think I want to stick with Cousins in the passing game. Yeah, I agree. P Ryan is I mean the price is nice. You get a workhorse back. I I, I agree. I just don't know that he's very good. So we'll see. I, I think Collins Ajay better plays, but uh, he's got to be at least in the mix uh, as a workhorse at home, home favorite. Uh, I, I don't know. As of Tuesday, we'll see. I'm not too interested. That may change. All right, let's get to the afternoon games. First game up, we got Rams in Seattle, and this one should be a fun game, you know, coming down for that division title between these two teams, Chop. So uh, Rams offense, been electric, put up a ton of points, couldn't get it done against Philadelphia. Seattle went to Jacksonville and lost. So they're coming back home, close spread here. This should be a fun game to watch. What about for daily purposes? Who are you looking at for your rosters this weekend? The Rams, I think this is a man. This is a very good game, but for the Rams, Gurley's always in play. The price tag is not rising enough. Like he's probably more than just an eight point three guy, and I think he was eight point one last week and eight point two the week before that. So I think he's perfectly fine. Going to get plenty of workload, and they're trying to win these games. Uh, with uh, Robert Woods coming back this week, I, I, that's a very, very good. This is very good news for me if I want to roster Sammy Watkins, which I do. Watkins is the cheapest of this trio of receivers, and I think he's the kind of guy who will burn Seattle. I think uh, the deep threat, Sammy Watkins, is the way I want to go. Uh, so for Seattle, I mean, got to give it up to Russell Wilson, yeah. man. He goes into Jacksonville. He's absolutely matchup proof right now. He, he'll he's going to tear the Rams apart. He's probably, I would say, easily my number one quarterback this week at home like this. He's so good that it makes me not want to roster Mike Davis, who's actually looked pretty good, and I think he has a good matchup here. But Russell Wilson's the way I want to go. Wilson and I, my the guy I want to target him with is Doug Baldwin, I think. Even though he's shown that Richardson and Lockett will get plays and Jimmy Graham around the goal line is his biggest threat, I think it's it's Doug Baldwin is going to be my favorite guy to pair him with. Yeah, Russell Wilson looking great, no doubt. And last week we talked about it, 6,200 at Jacksonville. I had him in some GPP lineups. But this spot at home against the Rams, big total, close spread. Uh, he's got to be one of the top options at the position. So, Derek, a lot to get to here. Seattle Rams, who are some of your favorites? So we know a matchup can, you know, inflate fantasy production, but Jared Goff has some of the biggest splits uh, in favorable matchups versus bad matchups this season. His last three favorable matchups, he scored 31, 30, and 24 fantasy points. Last three tough matchups, 10, 16, and 15 fantasy points. So I don't really want to play him here on the road. I do like the Sammy Watkins call by Chop. I think that makes a lot of sense. Only 4,800. Definitely like that in tournaments. Going to keep playing Gurley. I know you guys – Made room for me on the bad wagon, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, he's a top eight fantasy back in 10 of 13 games this season. You just keep playing. He has a high floor and a high ceiling. Russell Wilson on the other side, he's on pace to have the eighth best uh, fantasy season of any quarterback all time, which is pretty crazy. I think you can play him uh, naked. I don't think you really need to pair him up with his receivers just because he does so much with his legs. And he can spread the ball around a little bit. Uh, he's my top quarterback as well of the week. And I do think uh, I'm going to take another shot on Mike Davis. He's looked good the last two weeks. They know uh, they want to you know, just have one guy in this backfield. McKissick's more of the pass-catching back. So if they're playing from ahead, I do think Mike Davis is going to get a lot of work. And 4000 is definitely a reasonable price uh, against the Rams who have struggled against the run. 
Yeah, I mean, Davis, I think, will go overlooked. Everybody looking at Wilson in the passing game, so I like that call as well. All right, New England and Pittsburgh, guys. A lot to get to here. Derek, lead us off. Tons of plays you can go with, Patriots and Steelers. All right, so Tom Brady just uh, didn't look right uh, in that game against the Dolphins. We'll have to see uh, you know, if he's all right and good for this game. Um, I imagine he's going to play, but just something to keep an eye on throughout the week. I probably don't want to play him on the road against Pittsburgh, but angry Tom Brady typically plays well. Uh, it's worth noting Steelers are expected to have Joe Hayden back. Uh, their past defense was shredded the last couple weeks without him, so that should be a boost for them. As far as the receivers, you know, I'm not really sure who to pair him with outside of, uh, you know, well, is Gronk going to be back this week, right? Yeah, just a one-game suspension, so he'll be in there. Yeah, yeah I think Gronk's probably my favorite guy to pair him with. Um but I don't know if I want to play Brady. I mean, for 300 cheaper, you just play Wilson at home against the Rams. On the Steelers side of the ball, you know, this is finally looking like the offense, uh, you know, where you can play Ben, Bell, and Brown together and, you know, have big weeks. And they're finally not playing in the night game, which is nice. Uh, you know, we, I think it's been four or five straight weeks that they've played, you know, not on the main slate. So I'm excited to get them in the mix. I love Bell. I love Brown. I'm going to play them together in some lineups. I'm going to play them separate in a lot of lineups. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think both guys are awesome plays this week, and that's about it. Yeah, you can stack a Pittsburgh a lot. Of, if you had that stack the other night, you could have went even Jesse James in that bad boy and won all the money. So, uh, Brady chop. I think that's the interesting question. He just looked horrible. The pass rush was really getting to him. So, can you go back to that? Well, the easy answer is I'll go to Russell Wilson. I agree with Derek. That's the play, but I think that's what everybody's going to do. Interest level in Tom Brady in a GPP setting. Well, just on sheer points, I think Tom Brady's the number two guy this week behind Russell Wilson. Just on sheer points, not factoring in salary. And in GPPs, that's absolutely worthy of it because you just never know what Russell may end up doing. You know, you just never know. So, yeah, this is a great game for Tom Brady. This is this game sets up to be close, high scoring, lots of impact uh, on the playoffs for this game. So, and then we just saw Tom Brady get smoked on Monday Night Football. You know he's going to be mad. And we just got to love playing Tom Brady. He's got all his receivers and tight ends healthy and running backs. This is going to be a game that they pass the ball quite a bit. And uh, I think he's going to have a big game. So I think Tom Brady's number two on the entire board this week. So he's, I think he's a great GPP play. And uh, as far as his receivers, I can't really pick one that I want to uh, pair him with. Maybe Gronkowski, but that's expensive, and I don't like using tight ends that are that expensive. So, I mean, maybe you go Cooks because Cooks was so bad, uh, you know, this past Monday night that maybe he rebounds here. And Chris Hogan didn't necessarily look all that great either, but he he hasn't been healthy. So I would probably lean towards Cooks as the guy I pair him with. And on the other side, I just it's a pretty easy scenario. You could fire up the big two, Bell and Brown. I probably don't want Roethlisberger at this price tag, but Bell and Brown as a stack in any format, cash games or tournament, is always always a great strategy in a game that you think is going to be close and high scoring like this. Beer? I was on mute. A- amateur hour here. So. There you go. I'm a, I'm, I just wanted I to you put you guys that. to the test and see what was going to happen if I wasn't here. So I thought you were going to step out and get yeah, a beer. I thought we were going to pour it out for you. No, I'm, I'm here. Not yet. <laughs> now you can't write me off yet. So the, the question I was asking you, Chop, while I was on mute, like a dum-dum, 
you, you got to pick one, <laughs> Bell or Brown. Who is it? And I know you can get both in lineups and in stacks. That's what you want to do. But if you have to prioritize one over the other, I think that's a, a question a lot of people have to ask themselves each and every week. Is it Bell? Is it Brown? Antonio, uh, if I have to pick one, it's Antonio. And in that scenario, it's not even close because Bilicek has shown in the past that he's willing to let Antonio do whatever. And that's not going to beat him. He, but he, he wants to bottle up Le'Veon Bell. So I'll take Antonio. Derek, same question. If any, any wide receiver to play at least three games, Antonio Brown has the biggest uh, air yard percentage on his team. Very hard, chop. Very hard. Yeah, Bell. I play Bell on the road more. Brown more at home. All right, I'm with you guys. It's Brown for me, especially with the value at running back. We've talked about guys like Collins, Ajay. I think you can go cheap there. I'll load up on Brown. Forget Chris Hogan had that big game against Pittsburgh uh, back in the AFC Championship, I believe it was. A couple touchdowns in that game, and New England's a favorite in this game. You know, which kind of surprised me, kind of kind of a, a disrespect there for Pittsburgh, in my opinion. But it looks like New England minus three, huge total here. Definitely a game you're going to want to get exposure to here on the main slate. All right, let's move on. we got one more game, then we'll hit the uh, primetime slate and wrap it up. we got Tennessee and San Francisco here, Chop. Marcus Mariota, I mean, is it, is it time to mail it in on Mariota? He, he look, I don't know if he's injured or what, but he does not look good. San Francisco, playing much better, playing with confidence. Is this an offense you have some interest here against Tennessee, who, let's face it, has been bad against the pass pretty much all season long? Uh, yeah, for Tennessee, I'm probably going to pass on Mariota this week, although it wouldn't surprise me if he has a, has a big game. It's a good matchup, but he's had some good matchups and hadn't been able to take advantage of them. I think he's okay, but I've just there's so many good quarterbacks. I don't. It's opportunity cost. I don't want to pass up on a huge game from Russell Wilson or somebody like that. Uh, don't want the running backs. They're just completely splitting carries unless something happens in game injury. And I don't. I don't want to take a chance on a running back that that's only going to get 11 or 12 carries like Henry and Murray both get every week. I think Rashard Matthews is the play at wide receiver. That's the guy I want. Delaney Walker's not a bad stack with Mariota either. On the other side, I'm gonna use my third and wrong on Jimmy Garoppolo. I I thought he was just like a system guy in New England that started a couple games and people were getting way carried away on him. But he's actually looks pretty good here as a starter for a really a bad team, basically. And he's looked very viable. So I give him I was wrong on Jimmy. Maybe he's got maybe he's got what it takes to be a good NFL quarterback. I think this is a good matchup for him. Uh, I love the pairing with Marquise Goodwin. That looks that looks like a very nice pairing moving forward. And I think this could be a good Carlos Hyde week, sneaking in there with some receptions out of the backfield. He's He's got the workload. Hasn't been able to really uh, get too many goal line carries lately, but I think that's going to change this week. And when they get down on the goal line, they'll give it to him, and I think he gets in the end zone. Yeah, the, the passing offense looks much better, obviously. You know, they can't get much worse than, than what they've been rolling out there. But uh, Goodwin and Garoppolo look great. I'm going to use my third and wrong. I asked you about Mariota, Chop. That's my third and wrong just on the season. Really expected more. You know, again, I don't know if it's an injury or what, but only one game over 20 DraftKings points this season. So really hard to go there, even in an up-tempo game uh, against a bad defense. Derek, where's your interest level at, Marcus Mariota? And then the San Francisco side, Garoppolo, Goodwin, Hyde. Uh, who are your plays over there? Chubb brought up a great point in opportunity cost. I think Garoppolo and uh, Mariota are both fine plays, but I just don't think I want to use them this week because there are some quarterbacks that I really love. Uh, Definitely a good spot for Mariota. If he can't get it done against the Niners, I don't think he'll be able to against anybody. 
As far as a running back situation, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Derrick Henry only played 22% of the snaps last week. DeMarco Murray was up to 84. Uh, I don't know if we can expect that to continue, but it makes me have at least a little bit of interest in DeMarco in tournaments. Uh, for the receivers, definitely like Rashard Matthews, led all of the Titans wide receivers in snaps last week. So I think he's back. He's healthy. He should be able to you know, exploit this Niners secondary. And I also like Delaney Walker. So, I mean, if we like uh, Matthews and Walker, we can't really hate Mariota, but definitely more of a tournament play for me. Uh, for the Niners, yeah, I love Marquise Goodwin. Uh, in the two starts with Garoppolo behind center, Goodwin has 20 targets. He's caught 14 of them for 205 yards. Only a matter of time before he finds the end zone. Uh, definitely a good matchup for him against the Titans who have struggled against receivers. And then, yeah, I think Carlos High is definitely interesting as well. Uh, Titans were really good against the run earlier in the year, but they've been dipping ever since. So 5500 is definitely a good price for a guy that sees uh, you know, most of the work, most of the red zone work, and that can catch balls out of the backfield. Yeah, Garoppolo not a bad option if you want to go cheaper at quarterback this week. Uh, he's probably one of the better options. So, all right, that wraps us up for the main slate. Let's hit on this two-game uh, primetime slate. We got Dallas going to Oakland, and we got Atlanta traveling to Tampa Bay. So it's like a fun primetime slate, Derek. So give your thoughts. Uh, overall on the slate, just kind of hit all the positions real quick. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, who are your primary targets? Maybe some fades. Uh, we'll wrap it up here with this primetime slate. Who are you looking at? Yeah, this is a great two-game slate because we have uh, four of the most disappointing quarterbacks of the entire NFL this season. Uh, Dak hasn't done anything since Zeke went out. Matt Ryan's been disappointing. Winston's just looked awful, and Carr probably the worst of the bunch. So definitely interesting here. They all have good matchups. I think if I'm choosing one, uh, I'll probably go with Jameis Winston. He's still airing it out. Um, and, you know, we know he has good weapons in Deshaun Jackson and, and Mike Evans. So I'd probably lean with Winston at quarterback. Uh, for me, it's Dak. You know, last week we saw him get it going a little bit. It's a good matchup with the Raiders. I think that momentum continues. So I, I like Dak. Chop, what do you got here? A lot of big names. But Derek nailed it. A lot of disappointing names as well this season. Number one quarterback on this primetime slate for me is easily Dak Prescott because he's the only one who's going to get out and really run the ball, and that's what I look for. All right, running back, Chop, let's stay with you. Uh, Some interesting names here, some cheaper names. Uh, We had Rod Smith get it done instead of Alf Morris. So uh, what running back here on this slate is uh, shining for Chop? Devontae Freeman, and it's pretty much not even close. The way the Dallas thing shaked out last weekend was really surprising to me. So Devontae Freeman is going to be the guy I really like this week. Yep, got one more week. Zeke is back next week. Is that right, Chop? Correct. All right, so one more week of the Alf and Rod show. Uh, Derek, running backs, who are you liking? Yeah, definitely like Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman uh, had a concussion last week, so keep an eye on that throughout the week. Uh, Doug Martin ended up having a pretty good game, but he only ended up playing 28% of the snaps. So I wouldn't put too much uh, faith into him. I think Alfred Morris is interesting. He did have more snaps than Rod Smith. I know, uh, Smith outplayed him last week, but I think he's at least interesting against the Raiders who, uh, have not looked good, uh, on, against a pass or against a run. All right, Derek, wide receivers, a lot of big names here. So people are going to have to make some tough choices. Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Des Bryant, Michael Crabtree, uh, who's your favorite out of that group of four? Yeah, I like going back to Des Bryant. I think this is a blow-up spot for Julio Jones as well. 
Uh, the last time he faced them, he had 12 catches for 253 yards and two touchdowns, including one from Mohamed Sanu. Um, so, yeah, I like those two at the top. Cheaper options, I think Deshaun Jackson's interesting. Uh, Mike Evans will probably get true font, so that could open things up for Jackson a little bit. Although last week we saw Slay shadow Deshaun Jackson, which was kind of interesting. Uh, and Evans still couldn't get anything done. But, uh, yeah, so I like Dez, Julio, and Deshaun. Chop, same question. You got Julio, Evans, Dez, Crabtree, and Evans is interesting. He, he's another guy, kind of like we talked about those quarterbacks, who've been very disappointing this season. I don't think anybody's really going to go, even on a two-game slate, I don't think his ownership's going to be very high. So hit on those receivers, interest level, and Mike Evans as maybe a contrarian play. Uh, contrarian, yeah, but I'm not investing too much more into Mike Evans. This seems like I think he's mailed his season in. It just – he can't even get it done in good matchups, and that's that's not like Mike Evans. I think there's something wrong. Dollar for dollar, my favorite wide receiver on this primetime slate is Michael Crabtree. He's the guy that I'm probably going to push the lock button on. All right, tight ends. Uh, you got Jared Cook, Chop, Witten, the, the Tampa Bay guys. We've seen O.J. Howard kind of emerge. Brait uh, had a big game, then fell off a cliff last week. Uh, where are you going at the tight end position? I'll go back to Cameron Braid. I think that was kind of a fluke last week, and I'll go back to Cameron Braid. And I'm just not in love with this position on this slate, so uh, Braid's the the less of all the evils, I think. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. I mean, you saw Witten get it done last week, but that was against the Giants. He always gets it done against them. So, uh, Derek, where are you looking at tight end on this two-game primetime slate? Yeah, tight end's pretty ugly. Uh, I'd rather not play one if I had the option. But I'll go with O.J. Howard, uh, playing more snaps each and every week. Played 81%, which is a season high uh, last week. All right, that'll wrap up the analysis on the games. We're going to get to our Faith Hill plays here. We'll make some bold calls, and we'll wrap it up for week 15. So, Derek, let's start with you. By now, we know the drill. We know what a Faith Hill play is. We're 15 weeks in. Who are you keeping the faith in here for week 15? All right. I'm going to keep the faith in Leonard Fournette. Uh, he hasn't been terrible. I mean, he had 100 yards and a touchdown last week. But before that, you know, he had been a little bit disappointing in the last couple of games. So I think this is a great spot for him at home against the Texans, who have all but given up uh, on their season. The, they should be playing from ahead, and the Jaguars should be able to force some turnovers and create some short field opportunities for the offense. I think he gets in the box a couple of times. Chop, who's your faith he'll play week 15? Yeah, I'm going with a guy who hasn't been good in a couple months, but we know why he hasn't been good. Uh, my faith hill, Jordy Nelson. I think if uh, Aaron Rodgers were to come back this week, he's going to be a guy I lock in every lineup. Let's just say, just for the fact that, let's say uh, Rodgers didn't come back, then uh, then I think uh, it's Michael Crabtree after a lot was expected out of him last week. He kind of bailed a little bit in garbage time, but uh, I'd, go, I'd go Michael Crabtree. I'm going to lock him into that primetime slate. All right, I'm going to keep the faith. I and mean, this guy's been hurt, so it really doesn't count that much. But I think Chris Hogan, a guy people are going to write off, didn't do anything against Miami. But another week to get healthy, uh, a great game script for him in this matchup of Pittsburgh. We've seen him succeed in this matchup before. Uh, and he had a couple looks where, where he could have scored. That one was close in the end zone. I'm going to keep the faith. At Chris Hogan comes out and has a big game like we saw earlier this season. All right, guys, bold calls. Chop, let's start with you. You always got a few up your sleeve, so let them roll, my man. What do you got? Up my sleeve. Here we go. So Nick Foles is not as good as Carson Wentz. That's not a shocker. 
I think Carson Wentz was was so good that he made Aguilar and Torrey Smith look really good. He was able to get the ball to him in a in a certain spot, and that's just how Nick Foles is not that skilled. So I think he ignores those guys. I think he locks on Alshon Jeffrey, and I think Alshon Jeffrey has his biggest game of the year this season. All right, Derek, bold call, week 15. What do you got? Yeah, definitely like that. I'm going to go Russell Wilson. I'm going to say over 100 yards rushing, over 300 yards passing, and four touchdowns. I like that. He's going to be a lot of my lineup. So I'm going to kind of go with Chop here, and maybe you could stack this team up. Hopefully we don't butt heads on this one, but I'm going to say Jay Ajayi has his biggest game of the season, goes over 100 yards, finds the end zone not once but twice. I think Philly rolls the Giants in this one. Jay Ajay, I think, has a big week here. My bold call for week 15. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Final thoughts. We hit on the three-game Thursday, Saturday. We just we dismantled the main slate, broke every game down there. We hit on the two primetime games. Chop, final thoughts, week 15. Get ready. You know it's winding down when you get football four out of five days, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I, I'm absolutely going to enjoy this and take advantage of it and have some fun with it, but not take it too seriously and, and see if we can't beat a big tournament here this weekend. There you go. I like it. Derek, final thoughts, week 15. It's been an absolute blast doing the pod with you guys this year. Sounds like a couple people have uh, liked the pod at least. So thanks for listening, and, uh, yeah, good luck this week. Yeah, absolutely. Echo Derek sentiments there. Love doing the pod. We appreciate the feedback from everybody out there. And week 15, a lot of different slates you can play. So pick your spots. You're running out of weeks to play, but you'll have some fun, like Chop said. Don't overdo it, but a lot of football to watch here. Always a fun time of the year once the playoffs get started, playoff races, and you know, daily big tournaments are out there. Have fun with it. Let's wrap it up. Week 15, guys, again, appreciate you guys tuning in. For Chop, for Notorious, I'm Beer. We are out of here.